Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Porsche Cooled Podcast, the podcast where we chat about, talk about all things Porsche. Steve and I have been uh, recording offline, as they call it, offline. I'm going to record offline, haven't we, Steve? We've been chatting about the shit that has been going on this week. (laughs) No one wants to know what we talk about offline, mate. Yeah. If we talked about the stuff offline, online, I don't think any of you guys would listen to us anymore. Um, It'd probably (laughs) be amusing for like about two minutes, but yeah. Yeah, I've had... Sorry, Steve. Yep. I was just going to say like... um, the trials and tribulations of some old man is really not something that people really want to kind of listen to, I don't think. <laughs> don't be like that. Don't be like that. <laughs> um, all right. I always forget this and I'm going to do it because I know there's people who are coming to the podcast, as I keep saying, and starting at the latest episode. Uh, my name is Michael Bath. This is Porsche Good Podcast, as we said before. Steve is on the other line. He is Zooming. Steve is the co-host of the Porsche Good Podcast coming yes. in from Sydney, Australia. Um, Regular guest No, it's gone past that It's gone past that, we're up to 100 and I don't even know what number this is, 118? It must be 118, 118. this is number Episode yep. 118, for those of you who are listening to this For the very first time, yes we have got to 118 episodes um, Some of you are probably listening going What is this guy talking about, how did you get to 118 episodes? <laughs> um, anyway, welcome back uh, To everyone that's been here before this week has been a weird one. Not much has been going on, actually, Steve. Um, mm. I know we haven't really discussed what we're going to chat about today. Um, I've had a bit of a stupid day again. As I always say, Tuesdays are always my day that I feel like, I don't know, works screaming, ramping up for you, right? screaming, I you're think about, is what the word is. Huh? Works, works ramping up for you and you're about to kind of get to a fairly crucial deadline, right? Uh, I don't think we're going to meet the deadline, um, which is not (laughs) going to make some people happy, but um, it's very stressful. Uh, It's very stressful. It's been very stressful for a few weeks. I don't really Mm. talk to anyone uh, lately. I haven't really been talking to anyone. Um, Welcome to my world. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I haven't even been talking to, you know, people on uh, uh, guys in the UK like Ajmal Flatcap or Nick or Nick Uh. Classic Series or, you know, all the other guys, PJ or something. I don't really talk to many people by Instagram because at the moment I'm just so like full on. Um, in yeah. saying that, I did a, I did two owner stories over the last week, Steve, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I'll get onto one at the moment. I did two owner stories because basically I had none left. Um, I pretty well actually I had one. I had I kind of have one, um, but yeah. I like to mix it around a bit. <clears throat> so um, this week um, we have Mark on um, owner stories. Yeah. Uh, I had a good chat with Mark. Mark's from the US. Uh, Mark's from North Carolina. I know you wouldn't have listened to it, and of course I forgot to send it to you, Steve. Sorry. It's okay. I saw the pic. I had a good chat with Mark. Mark, oh. uh, he, he's he got a 997. He's got a 997.1 Carrera 4S Cabriolet. Uh, it's mm-hmm. in Camona Red Metallic, which I've, as I, I said, I've never, ever heard of that color before, Steve. Uh, he yeah. sent me the... Um, what is the thing from Porsche Club America Red where they have all the colors? He sent me that link uh, through DM. Ren Rainbow, right. whatever it's called, all the colors. I forget what it's called. Okay, not soon. It's a color that was. It's a color that was on the. It was on. I had a look at that the the, the link that Mark sent me, and it's a color that was on the nine eleven from 04 to ten. So the nine nine seven. Yep. I think it was on Boxster's 04 to 08, and it was on Cayman's 06 or 07 to 08. And I think right. it said it was used on a race car. 
I thought it was carmine red, and it was just a different name for the for the states. But it's actually mm. called Carmona red metallic. Um, pretty looks, rare color. Looks closer to arena red than um, carmine red, doesn't it? That's what I was trying to think of in the podcast. I can never think of that color. It's that arena red, the famous color, right? Yeah, that's what I thought too. It looks very similar to um, it looks similar to arena. Yeah, but not quite as deep. Sort yeah, of not quite as wine colored. I don't know. Arena red, very polarizing. Like it was all the rage on nine nine threes because it was the launch color for the turbo. But I never really liked it. I don't think. I think all these colors. You know, we've talked about, we've touched on this before, haven't we? But it's all these colours, they mm. were not really loved colours. I mean, they're loved now, but they weren't really colours that people at sort the time? of... I don't think they were loved at the time, were they? Um, I, see, I don't really know. Like, when, when I had a 993, yes, like, um, it was, you know, like a lot of people kind of quite liked it sort of thing. I look, I know it's all very subjective, but it's just funny, like, launch colours as a sort of little thing, you know, like when manufacturers decide what kind of, um, sorry, my daughter's kind of going off in the background. Um, when manufacturers decide, you know, like shark blue is going to be the kind of color for a 992 GT3 or whatever. Um, and I'm assuming people kind of follow because they have no imagination. So therefore yeah. they kind of go, Hey, I really like the launch color. You know, my one M must be Valencia orange or, you know, yeah. my GT3 needs to be whatever. See, um, I, but do you look at colors more now? I actually look at. I mean, I remember you said to me the one M in, mm. in that Valencia orange is a great is a mm. great color, and I always mm. never liked it. I thought, you know, but now mm. when I look at things like BMWs, yep, and even speaking with him, Bernard in in um in in Queensland, how he had that really that pale blue um, M3 competition, that color. I think yep. some cars, so like nice. especially BMs, some of those launch colors they do, they actually look quite good. Like I actually quite like. I saw an I saw an M3 mm. competition the other day uh, when I was uh, near yep. Greenwich again. I saw one on the street. New one, yeah. The Bucky I, Bucky Beaver Teeth. And I have to tell you, I I don't. And it was a dark color. It was like a darker blue color, I think. Um, I mm -hmm. don't mind it on the dark colors. When you see the plate on it, I don't think that that front grille, that polarizing front grille, is as bad as what everyone says. But I think that these cars, they do really mm. look good in like what Shimmy has in that that really bright green and I know a lot of people don't, didn't like it in the comments I read the comments but I think mm. these colors are better like Valencia orange and that uh, 1M you know that pale blue that I can't remember the name of the color that um, Bernard had in his M3 competition mm -hmm. don't mm -hmm. you think it just kind of suits the car yeah, um, I think I go the other way on Beamers like I don't really the latest I mean I can't get over the looks of the latest one um, looks just kind of horrible to me and I've seen you know pictures of like a funny mint green one and sort of like very bright sort of Laguna Seca type blues on it and stuff like that. And it doesn't work for me. Like that car is just so over the top. The last thing it needs is another shouty kind of color. Um, but, you know, like it's a subjective think, thing. Let me just finish with Mark and we'll come back to the, I want to say something else about the color thing, but let me just, just finish Mark's story. Cause mm -hmm. what I, so Mark's on owner stories this week. If you haven't listened to it, give it a listen. Um, you know, um, Cabriolet owner stories, 997 owner stories and 996 stories, they really do get a lot of listeners. Like I just checked the stats before I came on of Mark's episode, and Mark, if you're listening, mm. um, it's the highest uh, downloads of uh, the last sort of four or five weeks. 
Yeah, cool. um, so it just shows you that, you know, there's a lot of people out there who really love Cabriolets. They love 997s. They love these colors. I think it's the color of the car. Um, but mm-hmm. the best thing about Mark's story, um, Steve, um, and Mark, I yep. know, will be listening to this, is that he had, he decided, you know, he borrowed uh, a 300D from his um, brother-in-law, I think, his wife's, I think it was his wife's, his sister's husband, I think it was brother-in-law, um, on prom night, and he drove it to the prom, and then his friend had this uh, 80s 911 Turbo. This was in the, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Mark said, he's 50, uh, I think Mark said he was 51. Um, and then, you know, messing around after the prom with those two cars, he said he was hooked. Uh, pre-internet days, so he's looking at magazines. Um, and mm-hmm. then, you know, it was about one day he, he, he decided he was going to get a 911 and he mm-hmm. set a goal. Um, I'm probably giving away the main part of the story, but he set a goal. And that goal was to set up a Porsche savings account in 1993. And in 1993, he mm-hmm. put, you know, whatever it was, 10. And it, some weeks he put, some months he put 100, some people put two. And he'd just keep topping up this account. He didn't dip into it. And this is the account that he bought his first 911 with a few months ago, beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. That's what I call, you know, you know, working to your goal, knowing what you want, waiting all that time. And now he's so happy. He's got this 911 Cabriolet 4S, Carrera 4S. Um, mm. I think the, the Cabriolets always look great in the 4S because of that width of the back. They do look so quite amazing when the, when the roof's chopped off. Um, and he couldn't be happier. So it's a, it's a really good, it's just a nice story. It's just a nice story. I couldn't and do it. I yeah. said it before, I couldn't wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't operate like that. <laughs> That's because you have plenty of money. No, I have plenty of debt. Anyway, go and check out Mark's uh, owner story and uh, you can follow him on, uh, it's in the description of the podcast and I've forgotten, it's uh, 911, 911 underscore cab dreams, I'm pretty sure is his Instagram, uh, but it's in the link, it's in the description of the podcast, so check that and uh, go over to Mark's Instagram, give him a follow and say hello and mm. now because I've probably said it wrong, Steve, I have to check it because you know I, I really hate it when I do things yeah, that's good. And I'm doing. What I hadn't seen that color before, though. Like, I basically I saw your Instagram post um, just promoting. Yep. Um, this latest chat, and um, I couldn't. Yeah, I was trying to trying to work out what the color was. So it's quite interesting. Yep. So it's yeah, it's it's an interesting. Like I said, I've never heard of it. Nine eleven underscore cab underscore dream. So go and say hello to Mark. Give him a follow. Uh, and have a look at his car while you're at it on his Instagram. Apple ratings and reviews, Steve. I'm just going to go through this quickly. Um, mm-hmm. To anyone that has, hasn't done it yet, if you could go to, if you're on Apple Podcasts and you're looking at Apple Podcasts, they've got a rating feature, they've got a review feature. You can either give us a star rating or you can give us a star rating and you can leave a, you know, a comment, a review. If you do that, it literally just gets us seen. It gets us pushed up on the uh, charts, especially the US charts. Uh, the US charts were being in the top... We're actually been in the top 60, I think the other day we were 49 in the US for automotive. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, for Steve and I, that's pretty impressive. America is a big market. So if we're anywhere in yeah. the top 50 in the US for automotive, uh, we are very happy. And that's because of, um, Steve, all the guys who have left the reviews. I think we have like 116 odd reviews now. Oh, that's cool. Um, so that really helps that's us cool. out. I didn't realize, um, I didn't realize that... Um Smoking Tire and Spike, you heard them sort of talking that they were basically number one and yeah. two or two and three effectively. But that's dynamic that though. That's di- that changes all the time that. Um, Is it? Yeah, because that's, I mean, I'm not disputing it and I'm sure when they looked at it, it was correct. 
Um, hmm. I had a look at automotive all time the other day, and Spike was number one, and smoking tire wasn't anywhere to be seen. Spike's number one. Okay, that was that's on. The but it's more surprising. Well, I that's in all, like... automotive all time America. If you go to Chartable, there's a for, for the listeners right. if they're interesting. There's a site called Chartable. Um, you don't have to be logged in to to see it, and you can literally yep. just put in your podcast that you like, and it'll show you yep. its ranking in uh, Apple Podcast Market. So it'll show you US, UK, Britain, Panama. Yep. So, you know, yep. it'll show you that, so you can check it out. Um, but I noticed the other day when I was looking. Not that I disputed what they were saying, but I looked at it and I could only find that the chart for automotive in US all time. Um, I'm not sure if they were talking global or just US. And Spike was one, but Smoking Tire wasn't in the list, which was very strange. Right. I, it, what to me was the most impressive thing is not just the actual kind of number. It's more that you can tell that Spike and Zuckerman just sort of do it as a sort of side hobby kind of thing, you know, like... Matt Farah is doing it fully commercially and it's a proper kind of business. You know, he's kind of trying to get all the sponsors and that sort of thing where Spike, you kind of get the feeling that, you know, cars are his interest and his passion and he could sort of semi-take it or leave it kind of thing. But, well, you know, he's now he's got the Netflix deal. Now he's got the Netflix yeah, deal. Seinfeld. Yeah. Anyone that doesn't know about that, Spike Furston is doing a movie or series with Another Seinfeld movie. on Netflix. Yeah. So, yeah. How much is that worth, Steve? Millions. Don't know. I, did, I didn't actually realise that he wrote. He um, sort of was a writer on B movie as well. He was the main writer. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 I didn't mind that movie. I think. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I listened to, and I mentioned to you this in the DM, and I don't want to draw on it too much. I can't remember the name of it. I listened to an old. I've been looking through. I've run out of episodes to listen to because one new one a week. I, I run out of of the few podcasts that I listen to. Um, so mm. I was looking back through Spike's catalogue and I was listening to that a few old ones. And the one that I really laughed a lot about was the one with Jerry Seinfeld and Spike yep. and Zuckerman. And Seinfeld's yep. talking about that auction where he was buying all the Porsche memorabilia, the one where he got yep. the wedding album, the notorious wedding album that, Spike, that um, Seinfeld bought, which I think is the one with Hitler and um, Porsche at Porsche's <laughs> wedding. Right, yeah. <laughs> which they didn't really mention it, but that's the wedding album. I'm sure that's what they're talking about. But that auction and how Jerry Seinfeld bought all this stuff, and but it was it was a good episode, and I didn't realize that Seinfeld had three nine twelves. Um, no wonder the price of nine twelves went up after that episode in 2018 or 2019. He's got everything. Yeah, so he had an Irish green one, which he was he had at the. If you, I don't know if you heard this episode, Steve. He had an Irish green one, which Locked apparently down, yeah. was like so sorted, and then I think he had a blue Aussie blue one. I mean, great colors. He's got an Aussie blue coupe, and then he's also got a soft window, I think, in soft window Targa, which was in a gold color. So he has three. Mm. He's a mad because um, it sounds like he's fully into his old vintage Volkswagens as well. So it kind of does make sense that crosses um, into 912s and all that sort of stuff as well. But let's face it, he'd have like pretty much everything, everything and anything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I appreciate Volkswagens. I do appreciate the Beetle. Hmm. I have driven one quite a bit a long time ago, and I'm not going to yeah. get into a how, but I was I drove one quite a lot a long time ago before it was stolen and then returned. Um, hmm. And also I had a friend at school that had a burgundy one, which we crashed. So I know what it's like <laughs> to be in one when they crash. Mm -hmm. um, not nice. Um, but I don't know, Volkswagens are not... The Beetle is not really for me, even though I really appreciate uh, how they look inside. Like I've, I've seen some and I know PJ has a really good one who's been on Owner's Stories and I think they look fantastic inside. Um, 
but I don't think I'd ever buy one. Would you, Steve? Mm, yeah, I would because it's sort of like it really is the beginnings of a 9-11. Like a 9-11 is actually like an evolution of a beetle, really. Um, so when you kind of think about it in that regard, like the characteristics of it in they're sort of still there. Like what makes a 9-11 is actually kind of inherent in a Beetle in terms of rear engine, the air-cooled kind of engine, even though it's not a 6. Um, you know, like the basic shape is kind of there as well. I'm assuming like the build quality and the reliability, like all those really iconic um, DDB ads. Um, yeah. Uh, like in terms of the the personality of the car sort of, just it actually still kind of follows through to the tone of voice that Porsche holds. So right. I, I, yeah, yeah, I quite like it. When I first moved to Sydney, I drove one quite a lot um, mm. on and off due to someone that I knew that had one. Yep. Um, and I, I try to remember the experience. It was quite a while ago, right? So I try to remember the experience and I remember it wasn't, it wasn't always great. I remember it used to break down, but I guess that was just because maybe it wasn't yep. looked after. Um, and that yep. was always annoying in the centre of Sydney if it broke down. Um, so I remember those sort of things. So maybe that's what's I'm a bit tainted by it. I don't know. I'm sure if you have a really good, if you have a well sorted one, I guess Steve, and it's all well sorted, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a lot of fun. My grandfather had one. Um, my uncle's got one. Marco's got many. Um, I've not been in any of Marco's, and I know that he's very meticulous. Um, oh, that's right. Marco's my, got them, hasn't he? My uncle's one. I think I've driven it. Um, he got that. I don't know. He's actually he's had a couple, but in the last sort of ten years, I think I drove it once or twice and he's kind of taken me for a ride in it it's definitely an experience in this kind yeah. of day and age yeah um, i mean they become very they become very very expensive that's for sure yeah it's not really like it's obviously kind of difference to say like his um 2002 ti in terms of that for its time was a performance car now it's a slower shit but you can kind of understand um yeah uh, how it may have felt in its day like the beetle was never like that but then um, again, the defining thing of having like the engine in the back um, would be just so kind of different. I guess when I was in high school in year 12 mm. and, we, and people started driving, people oh. were buying, you know, guys that I hung out with or the people in the school, and it was only a small schools in Wyong. Um, most people had a mini, mm. a mini panel van, a uh, Beetle combi, yep. Combi van, because it's a surf area, so the people had combi yep. vans, combuses, as we used to yep. call it. And then I think a few people might have had Holdens, old Holdens. But in general, yep. a lot of people had minis, a lot of people had Volkswagens. Um, I had an Escort, but that's what most people had. It's kind of weird. Yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's weird with the Beetle. I mean, I, I, like I said, I don't hate Beetles. They're just, for me, they're not, not the thing. But I always, I always felt that way, a little bit way, that way with the 356, Steve. I was never... Mm-hmm. I never really, I appreciate the 356 and I don't hate the shape of the 356, but I always wanted the 911 shape, the older 911 shape more than a 356. Yeah, sure. But after talking to people that have owned them and seeing more and more of them, I really do like the 356 now. Um, I think I think if you had a Porsche collection, you have to have a 356 in the collection. Yeah, I look... You know, I'm not as au fait with the kind of whole thing, but like purely from a, an aesthetic point of view, there's um, there's sort of like a purity in the shape and the design of it, which, you know, you can't kind of deny. And then same thing, like I guess if you kind of just lump it all into the one thing, like the characteristics of engine in the back plus being air-cooled um, makes it so different from anything else. Like 
even yeah. though I'm not into it. Like if I heard one driving down the street, I could recognize it in an instant. Like you can pick. Yeah. Well, that's what you said about the 912, sound. right? Sounds like a Volkswagen, yeah. you said. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's a, that's a slight variation than when you kind of start moving into flat six versus flat four kind of thing. Yeah, true, true. No, I mean, yeah. they, you know, there's so much out there. I mean, you know, like you can't have everything. But the 356, yeah. I think what I like about the 356, I really like the front. I really appreciate the front of the 356. And I think the more and more you look at the 356, you really yeah. do see that the... The, the DNA with the 911. Do you know what I mean? Like at first when you see a 356, you think it's so far removed, but then mm. you see certain angles of it and it doesn't feel that far removed. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, not at all in terms of the basic kind of proportion and stuff. Like, yes, a, a Beetle and a 356 are a lot more blobby kind of thing, whereas the 911 shape kind of got more refined and a bit more sleek, but I'm assuming that's just... Um, you know, part of car design as you kind of go along as well. But uh, not again, not that I would know, but I'm assuming from a coach building sort of metalwork point of view, um, all those kind of rounded forms in both those cars were probably sort of pretty avant-garde for its time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, last week we were talking about the Touring, um, or the week before we were talking about the Touring, and then I mentioned the comment about someone had said uh, in comments on YouTube, on the YouTube channel of the video of the of the audio of the podcast, that there were only 18 um, tourings delivered to Australia. This is um, 901.2s. 901.2s, yeah. 901.2s, yeah. Um, and Stephen, who's been on the podcast before, owner story, Stephen from Sydney. Hi, Stephen. He said that he believes there were over 50 <coughs> uh, 901.2 GT3s delivered in Australia, wing and touring but he said he believes it was more like 70. But mm -hmm. he said it was uh, wing and touring, Steve. <clears throat> so maybe that figure of 18 being about a third of 70. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah, it surprises me. I thought, I, I don't know why, I just would have thought that um, the numbers of 991s is, would be higher than that. Because, like, you basically see a lot more on the street kind of thing. Um, you see a lot more of them in ads and that type of thing. So I just sort of thought that they would be more prevalent because, um, you know, we were having quick chat about this um, prior to recording and we've got the 997 numbers in front of me. So, like, a Gen 2... Oh, what were they? What were a they? Gen 2, a Gen 2 GT3 and RS. So GT3 and GT3 RS is 121 and the breakdown is 76 standard gt3s 45 rs's so like it's not that that's that sounds like it's fewer numbers than a gt3 See, I, potentially i find that we that's all 997s oh, or sorry, point ones. is that point ones and point twos no that was point two so point two versus point two i find that bizarre that the 997 the 997 point was 76 in 997.2 gt3 is that what you said 77 76 just standard GT3s. So the 997 outsold the mm. 901.2. Yeah, and I so I find that really hard to kind of believe because you just would have thought that they became so much more popular, they would have built more, all of that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Doesn't 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 seem to kind of marry up, mm. but you know, I, I wouldn't know, no expert. 
Let's see what happens. Maybe we'll get some more comments about that uh, for next week. But that's just in Australia we're talking about. I wonder what it's like around the world, though, what the delivery numbers are, whether the 997 outsold the 991, 997.2 outsold the 991.2, or did the, uh, is it the other way around? be interesting to know how it is in other markets as well, especially U.S. and U.K. and uh, hmm. European markets. Um, but yeah, it's just, weird. I, I, no idea. I, did, I just didn't think that a 991 GT3 would be that rare. I made a broad assumption that they probably sold maybe twice the amount of 997s or something like that. But, Steve, it's very yeah. rare to see a 991.2 manual come up. I know at the moment manual, there's yes. probably yeah. – I know at the moment there's probably three – online on car sales which is the car side in australia for everyone those that we talk about this but the 901.2 yep. i think there's three manuals there and that's probably the most you get in one time <clears throat> and i think like all of these porsches all of these 911s they're there and then they're gone you know what i mean like we talked yeah. i talked about this the other week they had the 911 r's were on there though i think there was three 911 r's now they've gone yep. i have spoken to a gentleman who bought one of those 911 r's um mm-hmm. in australia <clears throat> who I'm asked to come on to the podcast and have a chat with me. Um, mm. I don't know whether it's going to come. I should, probably shouldn't have mentioned it because it might not come through, but he seemed interested. So <clears throat> I'd, I reached out to him because I'd really like to hear his uh, hear the story about the 911 R and how, how it is for him and why he bought it. Um, I think it would yeah. be a really good story. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe they are that rare, which makes you think, <laughs> once again, what's going to happen to the price, Steve? Oh, well, they're already going ballistic, um, and I guess it just means that it's continu- it either continues to go upwards or like even if you kind of get in at a high price point, you're still not going to lose money. Not that it's always about value, but, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, and I think you can get one. You can get the 991.2 manual for about 360. I think there's one for 360. That's not with government charges, but 360, I think it is. I don't know mm-hmm. what they were new. It's probably very close what to the they new price. New? They're probably about the same price, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you're just getting your money yeah. back. So it's a free car, basically, if you bought it new. Um, yeah. Let me talk about, um, as I said to you, you know, Steve, you know that I'm not buying any books at the moment. Um, I'm not buying any books because I don't want to have to carry them back to except Australia. You a book. Except I bought one book this week. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I bought that Lego book. And yeah, it's cool. I think that I'm going crazy because I didn't look properly at what I was buying. And what I thought it was and what it, what it is is completely different. Yeah. I saw what it on Hadinki. going to be? Well, I saw it on Hadinki, right? Yeah. And I thought, oh, cool. This is a book with all the Lego, the Lego um, Porsches that they've made and story behind them and something like that, right? Like how yep. it came about. That's what I thought it was about the GT3 RS and then the R. I think there's only two. Though. I mean, it couldn't have been a whole yeah, book I was about say, that. There's only two yeah. pages in your book. <laughs> Just so all the listeners know, this is where my head is Three at the pages, moment. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Steve. Yep. This is where my head is at the moment. I can't think straight, right? I really can't think straight. So I bought it, and I didn't buy it from Hadinki because they were going to charge me some ridiculous amount of shipping because it's, I guess, US mm-hmm. based. So I bought it off Amazon UK. It came straight away. It was like it's only thirteen quid. I'd recommend it though, mm-hmm. and um, it literally is. You can make. This guy's got an Instagram. I can't think of his name. Johan something. Johan something. I can't remember his full name. Um, he's got an Instagram account. <clears throat> he's basically worked out how to make these cars. Basically, he has the car. Like there's a GT3. There's the original 912. And then he has the picture of it. He has all the parts. And he has all the parts listed. So last yep. night I went onto this site called Bricks or something in the UK. And you can start to put the parts in and, and just buy all the bricks. <laughs> and you can yep. actually buy it. So you have to buy all the separate bricks. But I said to Tasha. Oh, fun. 
I said to yeah. Tasha, I, I did went through one page and then I thought, okay, that's cool, I'm done. And then I turned the page and there was two more full pages oh, okay. of bricks. And I went, no way I'm going to go through this now. But when I've got time, I might actually do it. And then someone, I posted it on Instagram last night, I don't know whether you saw it, and someone put yeah. a comment that they've made one already and they said it's really, really right. cool and it's really and good fun. So it probably doesn't cost that much. Because you're just buying these bricks and he's worked out which bricks can be used for what and to make the car. Would have, I would have thought the author would, um, uh, like if it's such a specific thing, I would have thought the author would um, pre-package kits so you could, um, you don't have to kind of go through the thing of kind of buying each individual brick and he would have done it for you and like mark it up. Yeah. I mean, I guess you need the, <laughs> you know how books used to come with CDs in the back? You need that so you can just copy and paste all the parts and, Stick them mm-hmm. in. The fact that I got to type them in, yep. but you, I think yeah, you'd enjoy yeah, exactly. it. I think you should get it, Steve. It'd be great to make. Um, it'd be great to make with the uh, with the girls. You know, you can make it. It'd be good fun. Yeah, when they're, a bit older. they're not. They're, yeah, I was about to say they'd probably try to eat <laughs> after they choke when they're old enough it. that they don't can't <laughs> swallow them and think they're candy. Yeah, but um, I I enjoyed making my um, orange um, GT3 RS. That was mad fun. Like I did that. At you know, the beginning of the pandemic um, and we're still in it. But, um, yeah, like it, it, I, I, I said the same thing to you. Like uh, if you do go ahead and buy all those sorts of little um, parts and kind of piece it together, it is, it's strangely soothing. It's, um, it's a fun thing to do. I know you're a bit time poor though. Yeah. No, I, I, I you know, I'm stupid I didn't buy that GT3 RS. You know, I, I found it on Amazon UK and it was 200 pounds, I think, or somewhere when I was in Bahrain and I was going to buy it. And then mm. I was like, how am I going to carry it? But this is when we thought we were traveling again. It was how am I going to carry it? But you can still I'm, buy the white one. The white one's fairly cheap. Yeah, I'm going to buy that the tar- I'm going to buy the Targa one that I know a few of the listeners have bought. The latest yeah. one. Did you buy that one? The no, Targa no. or the Turbo? I got no space, man. <laughs> no. Um, so I want to buy that one and also want to buy the you know the race one, whatever that was, the 911 RSL. RSL. But your one I can't buy because your one has just become ridiculous. It's like so collectible yeah, it's now. Weird. The only thing I'd have to say for people listening, if they're not, um, if they're thinking about it, is um, it takes up a lot of space. Like the, it comes in a pretty massive box. Like my my mum bought it for me back, you know, when it was kind of new, and I didn't build until last year or whatever it was. So it sat on the shelf for like quite some time, quite a few years. Um, that box itself takes up heaps of space, um, but once you build the thing, um, it takes up a lot of space as well. So um, you got to. The reason why I haven't bought like you know the RSR or like the new ones is that I just don't have space for it. So wait till you move to your house and get it then. I've got to buy a house first. Yeah, <laughs> and then I won't be able to afford the stupid <laughs> <laughs> Um What happened with the Macan this week? Is it all good? Yeah, I went to service, um, booked it in a couple of – oh, I should have – I forgot to mention this to you. Um, I'll tell the else? listeners you have a McCann just in case they've forgotten. Uh, my wife's got a McCann <laughs> turbo. McCann. Is um, it McCann or McCann? I always say it wrong. I don't know. Whatever. I'm an Australian. I say things wrong. Um, uh, so Auto House are really busy, mate. Like I think um, Chris said to me – they were almost fully booked up until August, so you probably need to kind of. Um, oh, really? Get yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll book um, him. In. I better book in then. Yeah, um, 
so just it went in for its um, annual kind of service. It was a minor one. Strangely, my uncle messaged me last night and sort of said, I don't understand why you get your car serviced every year. <laughs> Isn't that what and you're supposed like, to do? Yeah, because he, I think the difference, and I sort of replied uh, sort of indirectly to him and sort of said, it's because like this car obviously racks up the miles. Um, I don't know what sort of normal mileage is, but where we live, um, you know, getting to going to see my parents, for example, is a decent kind of distance. So, How many miles do you have on it now, Steve? Um, it's got 60 something, I think low 60s. Oh, it's still quite low. 60. What did you buy it at? I thought you bought it at 60, 50. No, no, no. It had 30, 30 something. I think oh, wow. It was. It's nothing. Uh, yeah, but you know what I've done, like we've had it for two and a bit years. So we've probably done about 12,000 K a year. This is kilometres, not miles for international listeners, um, which is still like a reasonable amount. Anyway, like, you know, it's because my uncle's kind of got like, you know, 20 cars. So he, yeah. I bet he had the mileage on each of his cars, so even the ones bother. that he drives more regularly, um, you know. Well, um, it, he'd probably do less than five. So Yeah, it's interesting, the service thing, isn't it? Because I, I, um, I did an owner stories with um, Jeremy, uh, who's uh, in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a 992. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's coming up uh, this week, actually. Yeah, this week. Yep. He's got a 992 Carrera. Um, yep. And the service interval on that, he hasn't had the first service, it's like two years. New Porsches are two years. Is it, It's every two years now, is it? Yeah, it's two years. Or I'm pretty sure that's what he miles? said. Maybe it's a mileage thing too, but if you don't do the miles, it's two years, yeah. Yeah, and okay. I think he's intended yeah. taking it for a bit of a long drive, um, and he was going to um, he was going to take it in anyway. But I think it is two years. Yeah, look, you know, again, um, sort of dating myself, but pretty much cars. Every car that I've owned has always been annually, and every seven and a half to ten to then it kind of stretched to maybe fifteen thousand kilometers a year. But yeah, it's you know supposed to be an annual thing, and I guess it's supposed to be because. It's mainly your engine oil, isn't it? It's your fluids. It's mainly the oil, isn't it? Yeah, people. Some people yeah. change their oil twice a year, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I anyways, shouldn't talk so about servicing anymore because people get annoyed with me that I just keep going on and on about servicing and not knowing what to do. So I should stop. <laughs> no, that's all cool. Um, so the McCann was just a minor service, blah, blah, blah. Everything was completely fine. There's nothing that interesting or uninteresting to kind of that's um, good at least there's no more extra cost that's the main thing what was um the thing you said you you saw autohouse's new showroom you mean the storage area or car showroom uh no they moved the car showroom so when they moved to their current premises the workshop so they were in dy they moved to chatswood um to a much bigger sort of workshop space at that time they they didn't have enough space to kind of move the car the sales showroom along with it so that was actually in a different location, which I never um, saw firsthand. Um, they've moved that on to, like next door to the kind of workshop now. Um, so oh, right. you would have seen it on Instagram. Um, that setup is basically kind of connected now to the workshop um, and they put in a fancy new kind of car wash bay and all that sort of stuff as well. Is that where the and storage kind of is? Is that storage. where the yeah. Porsche storage is too? Yes, yes. Mm, okay. I think I might have to do something about that. I've got to work out what I'm doing. Yeah, so it's a reasonable space. It looks good. Like um, I know Scott quite well who's like, you know, um, 
one of the partners in the sort of sales division. Um, yep. And he seems very happy with the kind of new space. And I'm sure for him it's a lot easier kind of being next door. It to makes sense that they're next door to it though, doesn't it? That was some um, detailer or something next door, wasn't it? I remember that. It's quite a big space. Um, mm. Hey, what was this, uh, the RS that you saw? Yeah, I, funny, I didn't notice that I was talking to um, Chris um, Monk, who um, is the sort of main guy at the front desk. Um, cool. Very cool dude. Um, he, we would just got chatting. I think it's lockdown in Sydney at the moment. Um, so I think it's, well, for me, like I haven't seen like another person in quite a bit. Like this is my only trip in the last two weeks. Um, and yes, it's an essential service, so it's okay. Um, but I wind up kind of having How is that a, an essential service? Oh, it is. Like, well, see, is like they're allowed to operate. Yeah, oh, really? They're allowed oh, okay. to operate. Yeah. Otherwise, no, they're also, yeah. Done okay. It. Essentials. I guess you need your car, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was wound up talking to Chris and, you know, we I think we were just talking about cars in general and we sort of wound up talking about values of Porsches as you do, which I get very sort of sick of talking about. But <laughs> then he kind of said, oh, yeah, like that thing over there is worth two and a half million. And like it was parked right outside the front desk and then I had a look and it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it was an orange... You would just, an orange 73 RS lightweight. Two and a half million Australian dollars. Yeah. So who owns that car? Did, is it some collector? I have no idea. I mean, like I know that the, like our 73 RS is a, obviously a very rare car, but yeah. like you do see them in Sydney and I have seen um, RSs in the auto house, that, that ilk of car in the um, auto house workshop before. So... Even though we are, was it getting a service? Don't know. Didn't ask. Um, looked looked, you know, really cool. That that nine five nine S was also in yes. the um, the sales area as well. So yeah, you saw the one I sent you, right? The one at uh, Scuderia Graziani. Oh, the slant nose. The yeah, red, the slant nose um, one. Yeah, what was that? A nine thirty slant nose. Yeah, that was expensive, huh? What was it? Nine hundred. Is a lot of money. Yeah, almost a million dollars. Yeah, a million Australian dollars for a slant nose. I sent it to Steve. It's at Scuderia Graziani where I bought my 911 from. Um, he's getting I've... some good cars in there, actually. He's got some He's got some reasonably good Porsches in recently. Yeah, because he knows, um, obviously, collectors. He knows all the collectors. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this. <clears throat> I was thinking about this because of the owner story, Steve, and, and, you know, like we're up to... I mean, well, this week's 41, 41 owners, mm. number 41, yeah, and I think I've recorded up to 43. I've got the two coming up, uh, Jeremy and um, Daniel, actually, Daniel from Brisbane, who I spoke to a couple of mornings ago. Um, mm. Daniel's got a 944, which was an interesting one too. Mm. Daniel, I've been trying to get – Daniel, I, I've been speaking to Daniel for a while and I, was, uh, I just kept forgetting to get him on and he just sort of reminded me. People give me a bit of a nudge and I, I remember again. Um, so that's a good one coming up as well. So – but I was thinking about this after all the owner stories, Steve. I'm rambling. That, you know, it's like a common thread is that you don't have a 911 or you don't have a Porsche or, you, you know, you're struggling to get one or, you, you know, you get one reasonably quickly, whether you buy a new one. You know, some people have got more money than others. But the common oh. thread is once you have one, mm-hmm. people realize that really there is no other car in there. There's no other car like it. Do you know what I mean? Now, definitely. Yeah. I don't know if that I don't know if that necessarily means they they wouldn't have another car in their collection because, as you know, David from New Zealand had a Ferrari. You know, other people have yep. BMW, old vintage classic BMWs. But when it comes to the driving experience and the way that Porsche makes you feel, the way the 911 makes you feel, 
There really mm-hmm. is no other car like it. And you would agree with that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I wouldn't be on this podcast if I didn't sort of necessarily think that. But, but what do you think it is, though? This is what I, I'm trying to work out because I've, I've spoken to so many people now and you've listened to a lot of them. Um, yep. And we're like that too. <clears throat> and I've said it way back, you know, like <clears throat> you've been, you were trying to get me into a 911 for so long and I, and I just yep. messed around and just kicked tires. Um, yep. The same yep. as you're trying to get me into a GT3 now. Um, yeah. But then once I had it, and you said once I you get an, yeah, and once you said though, you said this to me, and I remember this so clearly. Once you get a nine eleven, mate, you won't look at these other cars. Yes, you know what I mean, and it's true, and you it's dead so true. It you is don't dead so look true. at the other cars. I, I, uh, I see the point that you're making because you know, like now I turn it to my cousin that recently bought the um, F eighty M three. Um, I, I believe he's never driven a nine eleven. I think he would have sat in like my uncle's. I know I've never driven him around um, in any of mine. Um, so oh, same side of the family kind of thing, obviously. Um, he's a mad rev head, like um, loves loves his kind of um, GTIs and Golf R's and all of that sort of stuff. He's had a um, couple of those. He's had a Megan RS or something like that. Um, he's had like a 135 BMW um, so he's kind of done his whole kind of performance car thing that's sort of, you know, like sensible, like not kind of crazy um, outlandish kind of budgets, blah, blah, blah. And uh, like everybody in my sort of car side of the family think that he's mad and he really should get himself into a 911 because um, it'll stop the itch. And that's the way that it worked for me. You know, like obviously when I was younger, I bought similar ilks of cars, even though I'm older than him. Yeah. Um, but once you get into your 911, you just don't look back. Like the itch literally does kind of stop. Um, for sure, it's a different sort of itch because then you're kind of 911 obsessed and you start kind of looking at ways of tinkering with it or you look at other other 911s and everything. But, you know, like this cousin of mine, Joseph, like he, I think he turns over a new car every year or two. Um, he's, you know, like I don't know how old he is now, maybe 40. Um, right. Um, but yeah, so what is it that kind of, um, what is it that makes you feel that way or what is it about the experience? Hmm. I don't know. Very, very hard to describe. Once you buy a Porsche, there is no other car. And let me just interrupt about the BMW thing. The BMW thing is like a, we've talked about this. I don't know whether it's correlation, correlation, I guess. Um, This thing with the BMW that a lot of Porsche people have had BMWs or been in BMWs. And I know I've had a few people on owner stories um, who have told me this, you know, where they've, they've gone to an M3, they've gone to a BM. And then, yeah, it's, it's a great car. They enjoy the car. They enjoy it because they need the, uh, the convenience of a sports sedan, like we were talking about last week, Steve. But then yep. they can't wait to get back into the nine, into a Porsche again, especially if they've had a Porsche, they've sold it, they've gone into BMW, and they go, oh, I really do miss the Porsche. You know what I mean? And yes. it, it is that thing, you know. And But if you haven't, like like my cousin, if, if you're a BM head and you've never owned the 911 then again you don't really know what you're missing out on in my opinion which is exactly the kind of shoes that my um, cousin sits in or kind of go a different way about it too like think about my uncle um you know he's 70 something now um again mad rev head blah 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 but he switched to a ferrari he went to the f430 a couple of years ago he'd owned 
three or four 9-11s. Um, then in his words, I think he kind of said, oh, yeah, you know, he's done the 9-11. He'd love to kind of give a Ferrari go and really see what it's like. He owned his F430 for, I don't know how long, maybe four or five years maybe, but he went yeah. back to a 9 um, And I always wondered whether or not he would, um, if, if he would kind of go back or, and like to be honest, I sort of thought maybe he might kind of have his F430 and then he would get a 911 to go alongside it, but he didn't do that. He actually sold mm. the F430 and went back to a 911. Um, it surprised me that he sold the 430, but it didn't surprise me when you told me that it was the attention of that car is a yeah. little bit too much. The attention that you get, isn't that what you said to me? The attention that yes. you used to get in that car yeah, when yeah. you go, when people said, I've heard people say this online before on YouTube and I'm sure a lot of other listeners have as well. You know, you stop mm. at a gas station or you stop in the street and people, you know, the, the attention that the car gets. to you about it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, people who are not black. And his was black. It wasn't red. Yeah. And people who are. It was black and it wasn't modified. So it was like, wasn't kind of crazy, Larry loud or anything like that. Yeah. Nothing, Standard, nothing right? Nothing kind of non-standard about it, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like we go back to that thing where, you know, Porsches are flashy and Porsches are, you know, why only wankers drive Porsches or whatever, that old 80s like thing or whatever that thing was, you know, stockbrokers or yeah. whatever and Porsches are flashy. And, and you realise that Porsches yeah. aren't flashy. They really aren't that flashy. Well, yeah, you know, they're flashy compared to a I don't standard. think they are. When you compare, but when you, well, I mean, when you compare it to a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, they're not flashy, are they? Um, yeah, but arguably they're also not really the same bracket as a Lambo or a Ferrari. You're talking another rung up kind of thing, which is kind of the point in terms of raising what my uncle's experience because I kind of go, I, I actually pondered whether or not like if you kind of moved on from a 911, like say, for example, if I sold my 911, like it would be very begrudgingly because I needed the money. And I'd always obviously want to kind of get back into it, but it wouldn't be because I could step into a higher car because I'm never going to have that earning no, capacity. No. Um, that I can kind of understand, like when you kind of go, well, there's nothing like a 911, you'd always want to get back in. Yeah. Uh, with somebody like my uncle, where he had the ability to kind of, you know, inverted commas, upgrade from a 911 to a Ferrari, I sort of wondered whether you go, oh, okay, so now that you've kind of had a 911, you've moved on and you've literally moved on, would you ever look back? Because would you just go, oh, now that yeah. you've reached a Ferrari, like a 911 is just like, meh, you know, a 911 is a 911 and, you know, now you're in a Ferrari or in a, a better ilk of car, but, yeah. you know, he went back. Um, and I'm not hating on Ferrari here because I like Ferrari, right? But I'm just saying that the attention you get, and I'm guessing I'm talking about, I guess it's not just the modern ones and newer ones and modern as in saying, yeah. you know, 10 years old or whatever. It's also, you know, I mean, I like the classic Ferraris. You know, I like, I do like the 328 GTS. I haven't, you know, I've said it on the podcast before. I really like the GT4 Dino like David's got in New Zealand. Um, 328 yeah. GTS like Paul's got in New Zealand. Um, you know, um, Stuart that I spoke to in last week's owner's stories, you know, his dream is to get a Testarossa. Um, from the yep. US that's not so expensive you know so there's yep. you know people who have you know we have Porsches we like Ferraris as well um, yeah, just it's just that it. I just think as a rounded as a rounded experience as a car that isn't as I don't know if the word is flashy um, in my head Steve I see a piece of furniture and I mm -hmm. see uh, I see it I see a more simplistic a, a, a simple design chair I see something you know you know that is if you know what you're looking at, you can see it and it's not necessarily 
in your face. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I know what you're saying. It's like a privé. It's yeah. like a privé, Jean Privé, a privé chair, chair, or a, you know, um, even a, even a Cabusier chair or something like that. It's not like a Stark Philip Stark chair. You know what I mean? It's not like it doesn't have to be in your face. But I would argue. I, I think I know the analogy that you're kind of drawing, but I reckon times have changed. Like since I kind of first got into it, like you know, twenty odd years ago, kind of thing. They weren't as popular. Not everybody kind of um, not necessarily had one, but sort of I think most people kind of could recognise one, but they wouldn't necessarily have the same appreciation for it. Um, you know, like the brand is a lot more prevalent and um, they are like more common now. So are they flashier than they kind of used to be? I reckon they kind of are. The new ones, Actually, you reckon mean? They kind of <clears throat> the are. new GT3. Yeah. And the brand, the brand, like, you know, like I sort of feel like, you know, 20 years ago, like it really was a sort of proper, like an enthusiast, more an enthusiast sort of brand. And you really, really just had to kind of be in cars to kind of go anywhere, anyone. These days um, it is, it still meets that market, but it also now meets like a sort of status kind of thing. You know, like it's almost like, you know, there's a lady that lives in this building, um, the apartment block that I live in, sort of slightly weird analogy, but anytime I get in the lift with her, she's wearing every brand name known to man. Like there's a Prada handbag, there's like big chunky, whatever they are, like um, uh, sneakers and all that sort of stuff. You can smell the Chanel 5, blah, blah, blah. And then every day you kind of walk down the garden. You've got a good nose, mate. She hops into her C43, her black C43 um, AMG. And it's that type of person that I reckon now kind of accesses, would get into a Porsche, which wouldn't have necessarily happened like 20 years ago. Okay. That's sort of what I mean about the kind of flashiness. Like you buy it because it is, you know, like. It's popular. It's yeah, it's, it's become more of a brand thing now. Yeah, people Whereas are attracted by popular by what a lot of people yeah. are buying. People are attracted by what the what the top peer is buying, right? It gets it yeah, flows yeah, yeah, down. Yeah. It flows down the pyramid. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just <clears throat> I don't know. There's not a lot to talk about, but it's just like I I just heard that the other day. Once you buy a Porsche, there sure. is no other car, and I thought it was a. We know it, and I know it always comes up with owner stories, but. It's one of those things which is really hard to explain why. You know what I mean? Um, and it's um, almost like yeah. that thing. It's almost like that thing. So you've started for one sec. It's almost like that thing yeah, when sorry. we talk about how people, you know, you, you get that Porsche, your first one. And then, you know, the next night or the next morning, you're online again looking for what else you can find. You know, can I get a second one? Yeah. Or can I get something, you know, and you keep looking. It's not like you stop looking once you have one. It's like it's this thing where you, it's like you've got to feed it. You know what I mean? And And... Do all cars yeah. do that? I didn't do that when I bought my Audi. I didn't look for other Audis. I didn't keep looking for Audis. Yeah, so. look, it sounds terribly snooty. I can say it because this is a Porsche kind of podcast. But like, um, Snobby. Well, like, so when I had, you know, my 993 or 964, I was working in advertising agencies. I worked on a lot of car accounts. So, like, I'd get to kind of drive, like, some relatively kind of fun cars. Like, I worked on the Jag account for, you know, quite some time. So I got to drive was like that the E-Type, E-type Jag when the E-Type Jag was launched? Yeah, yeah, back when, <laughs> when um, Don Draper was my co-director. <laughs> um, but 
So I used to get to kind of hop into like, um, you know, client cars or go on drive days in like a, you know, S type R or XJR and all of those sorts of things like the kind of, you know, supercharged V8s and stuff like that. Um, I'd always loved cars so much. So like if anybody wanted to kind of go car shopping, I'd always be the person that would kind of tag along. So, you know, like if I jumped into a, an M3 or whatever else, and the bit that I was going to say that sounds terribly snooty is that I jump into these cars and go, yeah, like, you know, it sounds good or whatever else, but shit, like, you know, my, I still prefer like my old 911 compared to your new, you know, Jag, whatever. And I still feel that way, obviously, like, I just kind of go, even though that new thing might sort of be a bit more luxurious, it might be more fashionable, it might be faster, it might sound not better because obviously, but like if you kind of talk about a V8 or something like that, yeah. But you just kind of go, yeah, I'm just not interested. I'm really just not interested. Like any anything that I would jump into um, just wouldn't be the same as like, you know, um, in those days it was my 993 or my 964 and now it's like obviously my 997. We come back to that experience thing again, don't we? <clears throat> we come back to the, the speed versus experiencing too though. It's like, you know, uh, you know, I could go out, I could go back to Australia, I could sell my 911, I could buy the... Uh, Mustang Mark One limited edition, uh, yep. you know, for the for eighty thousand Australian dollars, which is like apparently a fantastic car. Um, the looks of it aren't really my taste. I understand it. It's a muscle car. It's really fast, a lot faster than the nine eleven. It's newer. You know, it'll probably yep. get a lot more appreciation in Australia than maybe even my nine eleven. But yep. it's not about. And you know, I, I touched on this with Daniel in in the owner stories coming up with his nine four four. He's just got the standard nine four four, right? It, yep. And it's a bit like the 912. It's like, it's not about the speed. You know what I mean? It's about... No, it's definitely not about speed. It, yeah. With Porsche, it is definitely about that experience. And something about Porsche's history, you know, and not just the 911, but just say the 911 more, it more so, but it's something about the 911 and everything that's come before it, that when you mm. drive one, no matter what generation it is, it is something that you can't really put your finger on, Steve. You know what I mean? Like it's that feeling. And like I used to tell you, you know, when I used to go, when I used to come back to Sydney every three months, remember I used to tell mm. you the first time I got in that car and I just drive it to get feels rid like of the, the first petrol. Time yeah, it and it feels like the first time I've driven the car. And I remember yep. I would sit in the car and I think I did a video once on YouTube about it when I was just got back and I was jet lagged and I just had to go out and drive. And it's like, it just it makes you smile. You just... It just sort of, it's like a pinch me moment every time when you've been away from the car from a few months and you're back in it. You know what I mean? I I kind of feel that's actually still the case. Like if you don't, like if you drive your car like me, I sort of try to maybe get in it once a week at the very least. Um, If I drove it every day, I think some of that sort of specialness would kind of dissipate a little bit. But even once a week, you still kind of feel like that. Just to, sorry, it kind of sprung to mind. I keep talking about my uncle this podcast, but um, with regards to sort of like, I think he always used to sort of say to me, oh, son, like you need to kind of have more of a broader view, like the world doesn't revolve around like Porsches and 911s because obviously, you know, he just sort of thought I became a massive fanboy. He obviously had a 911, but because he, in his particular position, he would then kind of go off and buy like a mini GP or he's got an Arbath like, 500 and he's got quite a variety of cars like different suvs and stuff like that um and i kind of get the feeling that like when you're in the position that he is or like you know 
go up the chain further, like to a Seinfeldy sort of Zuckerman type sphere or whatever, or Jay Leno. Um, I think his point was like, yeah, of course, like a 911 is a brilliant car and he wasn't sort of arguing that point at all. But he sort of said like once you start to kind of have an appreciation for cars and what they do, like they've kind of all got their own sort of merit and their own function, like um, which was kind of interesting because I think he was sort of saying to me, you know, like there is, you know, there are other cars apart from a 911, like an M3 is really good as well. It's just, yeah, yes, it's, it's on a 911. But yeah, I'm sure it's it a great car. It was an interesting car. point that he was making. But yeah. I think it's for me. It's because well, I'm not wealthy, so I can't really afford to have more than you know, one or two cars kind of thing. So yeah, and we are talking on that level. We're talking, you know, normal, yes, normal yes. people like us that doesn't that don't have a car collection. I'm guessing when you have a car collection, yeah. of course, everything changes, and you have a little bit of variety of each, and you know, you enjoy yeah, yeah, each yeah. one for what they're worth. Um, it's interesting. Yep. How's your uncle though? How is hmm. he finding the nine nine one point two? Because I know he had the nine nine seven before, right? He loves it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't seen him a great deal. And, and just to kind of connect the dots, um, this is Marco's um, Marco's father-in-law. So he's married to my uncle's daughter. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, like from what I can kind of gather, like as you sort of uh, pointed out, he sold the F430 because his wife, my aunt, basically started to refuse to get in it apparently because it just drew too much attention. She just didn't enjoy kind of, you know, sort of feeling like people were kind of looking. So then he would wind up driving by himself, which wasn't much fun. Like, you know, he's kind of semi-retired, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like it just meant that the use of the car became like a trip to Bunnings just to kind of, <laughs> you know, by himself. Um, since he bought his 991.2, he's been polishing it and all of that sort of stuff. He's been driving in it. He's been kind of driving all over Sydney, uh, albeit like not in lockdown at the moment. But, um, you know, he tells me that he kind of drives out to kind of Windsor and Richmond and That's he's good. gone down south. So it's more usable Park. for it. He's getting the enjoyment out of it. He's getting the money's worth out of it, I guess. Yeah, you know, him and my aunt kind of go and get like a takeaway sandwich. They kind of find a spot on the beach and they just go and park. Parker yeah. set up a blanket and eat something and then wind up talking to some other old dude with a fancy car next oh, to really? him. Yeah, yeah. So he's it's he's really like, yes, I think it just suits his purpose more and the less flashy nature of it um, is probably what you were sort of saying has kind of worked to his advantage, but it's still, you know, like a proper enthusiast car. It still yeah. goes like stink, um, all of that sort of stuff. Like, you know, he has fun in the twisties. He has fun kind of, as he sort of says, like posing because he knows that it's still like a, you know, it's an exclusive, you know, nice kind of car. Yeah. Look, you know, don't don't get me wrong. You know, I still think what your uncle did buying the Ferrari, being his first Ferrari mm. ride, he hadn't oh, had yeah. never owned one before. He he owned it for quite some time. It was actually probably more than five years, wasn't it? I remember when he no, said when you sure. told me. He must, he, he obviously enjoyed it. It's still an experience he'll never forget. Actually he did because he got it just before I got my car. So I've had mine seven years. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's had it. I remember vaguely remember when you told me he bought it. Yep. But the experience that he had with that car, like he still owned a Ferrari. You know what I mean? You still owned it. You've still experienced it. See, I still think he says he, he misses it. He he still says that he misses it but, because um, it does yeah. feel a, a different sort of. And we're talking about multi-car collections here. Look, I think you know, and I'm and I'm going to bring them both up again. And I know they listen to the podcast. But David from New Zealand and Paul from New Zealand, mm. who are both friends. Mm. Uh, Paul is the president of the Porsche Club, or was the president? I'm guessing he still is. And yep. I still think that you know, David's collection is for me. It's something that I really 
like. You know what I mean? I like yep. his 911T hot rod. I like how he's got the SC. Uh, and he posted, thank you, thank you, David. He posted uh, on his Instagram, you should check it out. He posted images interior of the interior things. after last yep. week's podcast of the yep. Pasha. He just told me he just picked up a, um, he was listening to that podcast when he just picking up his uh, Porsche Spider. He bought a Spider. Um, I think he said it was a 987 Spider he's bought. Cool. I think that, I'm not sure if that's for David's wife, but he said he bought one. I think he yeah, mentioned cool. in the podcast he was looking for one, but I think he actually, he said he bought one. Um, right. And then, you know, his Ferrari Dino. And I don't know why that, that his, his Dino, his SC and the 911T hot rod, it's kind of mm. like a nice rounded, for me, it's like, I really like it. I like that collection. As do Paul, uh, and I'm going to mention Paul, Paul with his, uh, you know, 328 GTS, um, <clears throat> you know, and his um, 3.2 Carrera. You know what I mean? Like it's, yep. oh, and his um, 997 GTS as well. I don't know. There's something, I don't know, something I like about it. Um, they're all nice cars. I wouldn't be complaining. Yeah, they're all nice cars. You know what I mean? And the, and the special, but I think it's interesting with the uncle, you know, he experienced that Ferrari and I'm, I wouldn't be surprised your uncle doesn't buy another Ferrari though. I was just going to say that, that he would possibly get another one. Maybe it's not going to be a convertible. Uh, Maybe it's going to be not as, I mean, the A12 super fast or something like that, you know, maybe it's a different experience. No, I should sort of explain. It's my uncle's mad. He's not wealthy. He's just like that enthusiastic about cars that he basically tips any spare dollars that he has into like um, these kind of cars. He's not like a super rich kind of, you know, he's not a vehicle of like a Zuckerman or half a Zuckerman or anything like that at all. Um, so I don't think um, I he, yes, he could probably sell everything and then kind of buy like a brand new Ferrari, but um, that's not his style. So yeah, no, I'm talking I don't, second, I don't, second yeah, hand. I don't, yeah. I don't think he would um, – I don't know for a fact, but I kind of get the feeling that he's sort of um, – he's easing out of all of this sort of stuff and I don't oh, okay. think that he'd be kind of getting himself into, you know, like a 458 or um, 488 or anything like that. I watched um, – I might have mentioned this to you, Steve. I don't think I've mentioned it on the mm-hmm. podcast. I watched an old video on YouTube with Seinfeld. I think it was at Amelia mm-hmm. Island where he was doing a Q&A. And Spike was yeah, with doing Spike. it. Yep. Yeah, there was a couple of there was two videos. They were both different. I'm not sure if they were different times or different times of the day or whatever. And someone yep. asked him why he's never owned a Ferrari. Did you see that one? Mm-hmm. And what did he say? No, I'm, no. I'm, they scare me or something. He said. I think he's never actually. I don't think he's. He said he's never owned a Ferrari. I think there was one that he said that appeals to him, but I think it's you know like, like one of the most expensive ones that you could buy or something. Has um, he really never owned one? I bet you. I he thought does. he said he never owned Probably one. Just yeah, I bet you he's got a lot of cars that he just doesn't sort of talk about. He's not like, you know, sort of sounds like Zuckerman and um, Spike talk about his cars more than he actually kind of does. He's not the, doesn't strike me as the kind of person to tell the world about like what he's got kind of thing. Um, yeah, true, true. I mean, that episode but, when they were, the one I listened to, the old one, <clears throat> they were saying that, you know, you know, Jerry, you buy cars and you don't even drive them. You just, you just leave them there. You haven't even driven them yet. That's yeah. when you know you've got too much money. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, 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 that would be fun. All right, what else, Steve? I think we might call it a, a day today. It's been a long day, so I think we might end the podcast. Um, it's been an yeah, hour. Yeah, no um, Sorry, my my kids have been going off in the background, so they're quite hard to. No, someone but. said to me the other day they really liked that. It's a really nice thing. I think it was Mark actually this week. Um, I Is think it? Mark said it to me when we were. Maybe it was when we finished recording. Um, I can make a that, proper recording of it all and um, just turn it up. <laughs> no, again. no, I think I think pretty sure it was Mark. He said, oh, you know, it's nice to, you know, he's kids in the background. It's like relax, you know, 
once again, you know, very nice kind words about the podcast and, and how they how he's enjoyed it and, and like a lot of people have been reaching out and saying, Steve. So um, Yeah, cool. Nice. Yeah. All right. Once you buy nice a Porsche, nice. there is no other car. Um, I'm guessing you guys yeah. listening to this podcast, Steve, all the guys listening to the podcast would agree. And I know a lot of them, you know, a lot, a lot of the people I've spoken to have other cars. They have Volkswagens. They have BMW 80s BMWs or they've had them. Um, they have uh, Japanese cars. They have uh, four-wheel drives, Range Rovers, but they're the sort of practical side of it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so I can't imagine not owning. Like, I've sort of had this nightmare a lot where you kind of go, oh, <laughs> Tell geez, everyone about that really... nightmare where you wake up and it's gone. Isn't that the, is that the nightmare? Yeah, I think <laughs> I've, I've had that sort of nightmare where I think I owned my 993 and it's like, oh, I've sold it. Like, at least when I sold my 993, I knew that, you know, like that was with a view of getting a um, 997 kind of thing. But um, it really was a horrible kind of feeling to go, oh, shit, like I've sold my 911. And, like, I think the worst part of that, like, just personally for me at the moment, like um, if I financially kind of sold my 911, I just know that I couldn't get back into it and that would be even more more horrifying. No, you could Because you they've a, gotten so expensive. You could buy a 997 Carrera, just get a standard Carrera like mine. I could. <laughs> 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 it wouldn't work though. Is anything disparaging? <laughs> it wouldn't work. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. I've missed the you know, I what 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 markets have I missed? I missed the market on the 996 996 GT3, you know, mm. when they were 90,000. I missed the market on the turbo. Um I know Marco's got one, but I missed the market on those when they were a lot less than what Marco paid for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um yeah. I've almost missed the market on the 912 unless I get a unless I get a really beat up one and get it restored. Um, yeah. There are some, actually. I, that's wrong. Actually, there are there are nine twelves out there. I've, I've come across them. Um, right. You know, it's. I don't know. There's no hot. The, in, uh, there's no nine nine seven GT threes advertised anymore. All those nine nine seven GT threes that were sitting sold. there. All of a sudden, people have bought them and they're gone. Um, I was going to say, like, because I think I know you were sort of pondering out loud, maybe about a year ago when you were in Bahrain. And you sort of said it to me, it's like, oh, I think maybe I should just kind of sell the 997 because it's just sort of sitting there, blah, blah, blah. And I'm pretty sure I said to you every single time you may have mentioned it, it was like, don't sell it. Like if you don't need the money, even though you're not in the same country as your car, because once you get back to Sydney, like you will really, really miss it and regret it. Like yeah. you don't you don't <clears throat> want to be 911-less. Um, no, I, I'm looking forward to it, but we never knew that this was going to go on for this long. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we moved to Bahrain and we were going to go back to Sydney, you know, a couple of times a year and it wouldn't have been such a big deal. The fact that we yeah. haven't been back to Sydney since, you know, January 2019 is now getting crazy. Yeah. And to the listeners, if they don't know, Australia, as Steve has been saying, is in lockdown. Sydney's in lockdown yeah. for two weeks going plus, into the third week. Plus they've halved their international intake for like anybody that wants to come home. Yes. And we have a ticket booked and Steve asked me for on business class and unfortunately we're just on economy. But, you know, this cap, for people that don't know, the cap in Australia, the Sydney Airport, Sydney Airport has this ridiculous cap of like, what, 450 people a day or something, Steve, isn't it? Some ridiculous... Well, the government. Yeah, the government. Yeah, the government. The government's put this in, this um, limit on. But it used to be 50 people per plane or something like 50 passengers per plane only because that's the mm. amount of people they can process through hotel quarantine. So the government, the Prime Minister, has now decided to halve that. Um you know, it's just so I have a funny feeling that our ticket in October, we're going to get bumped or something's going yeah, to happen. I sort of not looking forward to that sort of moment. I got to say, like, 
part of it was under pressure from some immediate premiers from states, some other states as well. Yeah, so. but anyway, anyway, that's what goes on. Actually, that's what goes just, on. just off that nightmare thing, because I was what I was trying to say was like, I reckon it's your, uh, I know you were just pondering out loud, but I reckon it would be an absolute nightmare and you really would feel sad and depressed if you actually kind of didn't have a 9-11 even um, from afar. But then um, flip that coin, like I've actually had like the best dream in the world. Um, my, my, my most favourite dream in the world is where I sort of um, have this kind of strange dream where I basically own every, I still own every car that um, I've ever had, so I never sold them. I just Maybe that's what you need to do. Them. Maybe you need to get them back. Because you know that white, your white 964 is in Sydney. You know that. We, we've mm. seen it. We saw it at Cars and Coffee. Um, yep. You know what I have a, You know what? I just want to tell the listeners. Um, years ago, mm. Steve had his white 964 and he sold it. And I remember, I remember going on a run with Tasha and we yep. were near um, St. Mary's Cathedral. And at the time, your white 964 had just come up for sale again. Right. And I remember thinking... Wow, that's 64 grand, that car, 64 or 65 grand, right? Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. thought, God, that's a good price. And then I was in my head, in the back of my head, Steve was going, you don't want it made. It's got oil leaks, it leaks oil, it's no good. <laughs> <laughs> you remember you telling me this? I told yeah. you it was advertising. You said, oh, it leaks, it leaks oil, it's got, you know, you don't want it made. Or something like that you said to me. I can't remember uh-huh. the exact words. And I remember yeah. this so clearly. I was thinking about 64, you know, could I get out of that and could I get that 60, no, 64,000? Look at the prices now, 200K for a 964. Yeah, it's mad. What's the world coming to? Yep. Getting old, mate. Got to make more money. Go and make more money. I know you're working today, so I'm going to let you go. As uh, other yeah, podcasts yeah. say, Steve's going to go and make his money. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. All right, yep, mate. Try to Thanks. I hope, right. I, I hope the listeners enjoyed that today. I hope it wasn't too um, wayward. Um, we were a bit freestyling bit a today and we're just chatting uh, amongst friends, which you guys are. Porsche friends, that's what it's all about on this podcast. Steve, see you next week. Yeah, take care, mate. Have a good week. All right. Thanks, Steve. You too. See you then. All right, everyone. That's Steve coming in from Sydney. Um, My name is Michael Bath, and that's it for today. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.